Welcome to Blue Topsy. I'm so excited. We've had uh, a fun couple of weeks, but we're going to take the uh, take this opportunity to decompress and kind of breathe a little bit. Eric, just, uh, you know, kind of uh, let people know what we're all about and thank the folks that have followed us on social media, our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook. I mean, it's it's been a fun process. And uh, today we're just going to kind of get into the weeds a little bit about Georgia politics. Yes, we are. By the way, before we start, I want to remind everybody, at Blue Topsy on all of our social media. And one thing that we want to get out of everybody, we want your feedback. You have questions, like you have an idea for a guest, hit us up. Be critical too. If you think that Eric and I could be doing something better, you know, we grow because you guys are great supporters. And uh, I think we're going to get better as this process goes on. It's going to be a fun ride. And uh, I have to pause real quick, though, because I just have the esteemed opportunity to speak at Fort Service Learning Magnet Academy, which is my alma mater. I went to Fort Middle School in Columbus, Georgia. It was the 40th anniversary of the school. I got to speak to a bunch of kids, and I'm just, I'm, I'm on another level right now. I'm just, I'm excited about what the future holds, man, with some great kids down there in Columbus, Georgia. So when you talk to kids, that, that, that's almost more than a thrill than somebody who's really well-known or a huge audience. Oh, of, man, right? hands down. I mean, the crazy thing is, you know, when I speak to, to, to when I say kids, I probably say younger people because I, I'm, I'm pushing 40 myself, right? I'm 40. Hey, there you go. So, I mean, the cool thing about it is when it, I prep a lot more when I'm getting ready to speak to sixth or eighth graders or even high, high schoolers yeah. because the thing about it is, you know you have a limited window to hold their attention. So everything that you say, everything that you do, every conversation you have, they hold on to every word. Right. And so for me, it's, uh, it's fun, but I, I understand the delicacy of their minds. And, I, you know, when you're on stage uh, speaking in front of a larger audience, you know, you, you have your, your opportunities to BS when you want to and to say certain things. But with young people, they hold on to your every word and they challenge you. And I, I think I wouldn't be in the position I'm in if my audiences weren't diverse generationally. Yo. Well, if, if I get to the point where somebody ever wanted me to speak in front of them, I think a younger crowd would be great because you're like, hey, there's an impact that you're really making. It's just like anything. You know, we have kids and you know when they're little. For example, our little one, he started taking swimming lessons and he was kind of apprehensive to begin with. We're like, we kind of got him excited about it. He was still a little skittish to begin with. Within a couple minutes, with us being excited, the teacher being excited, what happened? This kid has gone from not wanting to have the swimming lessons to, all right, when did the next set start? So there you go. impact matters. Well, look, impact matters <laughs> and elections matter. Yes, they do. And we're going to kind of go over some things going on in Georgia. I have been very fortunate over the last couple of weeks to have spoken in Rabin County, Georgia, uh, more recently in Union County, and um, I'm excited about the momentum. I'm excited about the opportunity. I'm excited about having two women at the top of the ticket. I'm excited about young people that are running for office. And I want to kind of open up by talking about some of these exciting campaigns and elections that we have the opportunity to participate in. So why don't you open up there? Eric? So, all right, so as everybody knows, of course, Stacey Abrams is running for governor. Everybody around the country knows about Stacey. Uh, our guest last week, the terrific Sarah Riggs Amico is running for lieutenant governor. But there's a lot of down-ballot races that are incredibly important. So let's cover some of those. So let's start off with 
Charlie Bailey. And Char- Charlie's running for attorney general. So, Daniel, give us some insight. Well, I mean, attorney general is one of those positions that, let's just be honest, uh, you know, without going into the candidates that exist, we have a lot of issues in this state. Uh, Charlie's platform has focused a lot on uh, addressing the gang situation in the state of Georgia. We, we obviously have an issue with um, criminal enterprises around the state. But I, I, would, I would also say that as it relates to human trafficking mm-hmm. and the opioid crisis, uh, the attorney general plays a critical role in being the state's prosecutor. A critical role is being played by an individual like Charlie Bailey, if we can get him elected, in holding the state's feet to the fire as it relates to um, the way we address these cases. You know, when if you think of human trafficking, uh, you know, Atlanta, Metro Atlanta has become a hub for human trafficking. Uh, A lot of people don't know that we rank very high in the United States as it relates to that. And that is uh, partly attributed to our uh, the busyness of our airport. It's partly attributed to the fact that we're deepening the Savannah port. So when we think of human trafficking, it's not just sex slavery, it's forced labor. Georgia right. is a big agricultural state. So I think someone like Charlie could bring uh, the voice to the people and could help us to solve some of these major issues we're facing. But in that same respect, um, civil rights. Uh, when we look around the country right now with uh, you know, as recently as this shooting in Dallas, Texas with the gentleman that was in his apartment who happened to be a black man and a white off-duty police officer and you know god forbid that happened in a state like georgia but i think the attorney general really sets the precedent and not only how we address crime and safety and, and law and justice but you know how we really redefine what that looks like from an equitable perspective well if you look at the last administration you look at the obama administration conservative attorney generals they didn't like policy that was coming out of the white house so what did those AGs do? They gathered together and they sued the government with you know policies that they didn't like. And what you're finding now in the Trump era is you have liberal-minded attorney generals, you know, getting together and suing the federal government, whether it's climate change, you know, civil rights. So AGs are incredibly important. And quickly to note, Charlie's been running this campaign where he has been talking about gangs extensively. And our current attorney general and Brian Kemp running for governor all of a sudden are paying attention and they're going to be the guys that are going to root out gangs. Uh, Nobody from their side has seemed to pay attention while they've been in office and all of a sudden they're all interested. Well, I think one of the biggest challenges we have to be honest about is that throughout the United States, uh, crime and justice has not been as effective as it should be because let's be honest, we've kind of fell asleep at the wheel. Uh, we, we have failed our young people in a sense of offering auxiliary programs and opportunities, whether it be after school initiatives or uh, putting more money into uh, helping young people in, in, in underserved communities have recreational opportunities or access to reading or mathematics program. Whereas we live in Forsyth County, Georgia, uh, there are programs for robotics and for yep. uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. And so I think that, you know, a part of crime prevention isn't to, uh, or being the attorney general, isn't about you know leading or governing with an iron fist. It's about seeing what uh, the community needs, yep. looking at nonviolent offenders, looking at our prison population. And let's just be honest, 88% of Georgia's prison population reads at a third grade level. And that is a critical issue that starts off by addressing the school to prison pipelines. Right. And I think Charlie would be a good advocate. So Charlie, you have our support here That's at Blue right. Topsy. 
What else do we have, Eric? So we have John Barrow. He's running for Secretary of State. That's right. And uh, one thing with Secretary of State, our current Secretary of State is running for governor. And uh, John won't lose six million votes. No, that's what I was going to say. He, he'll manage to. I think John. Out. I think John will be good. And and let's be honest. Uh, you know, we're we're obviously uh, Democratic leaning in many of our conversations. But the honest to God truth is, voting rights matter. That's right. Uh, Brian Kemp has done some things around the state that are not only questionable in the state of Georgia, but that is the wrong direction nationally. Uh, when you look at the hacking that we've seen with Russia through the last mm -hmm. presidential election cycle, we need safeguards in place and we need leadership that is going to not only be good for business in Georgia, but for the voting population. That's right. I mean, I don't know if some people realize that when people are getting thrown off the voter rolls, it can be something as simple as, let's say uh, somebody's become married and they've hyphenated their name, but on something that hyphen isn't there even though the name is totally correct people are getting thrown off the rolls for just inane reasons and you know we know that john will will not go down that road so uh let's go over to labor commissioner and that's richard keatley R richard richard keatley and before i even go into richard i've got to give a special shout out to uh michael thurman michael was one of yep. the best uh, labor commissioners in the United States as it relates to jobs, opportunities for young people, uh, opportunities for working families to tr transition. Um, as it relates to the, to the Labor Commission, I think it'd be very important for us to be able to understand that jobs matter in the state of Georgia, not just seasonal jobs, but skilled jobs. Right. Uh, you know, I, I read a report the other day about cybersecurity uh, facilities that are being popped up right all, all over Georgia, uh, facilities that are in part uh, a part of our uh, military efforts here in the state of Georgia. But cybersecurity is very important, and, and I've read that there are almost 14,000 cybersecurity jobs in the state of Georgia that we don't have the skill set to fill. So workforce development as it relates to the Department of Labor is gonna be critical because we, we, we have two dilemmas in Georgia. One is that we're losing a lot of talent. Yep. Kids that go to Georgia Tech that are getting these jobs in engineering and in technology are going to Silicon Valley. That's so right. we're losing a lot of talent. But then we're also losing a tremendous effort. And I don't want to veer too far off, but the film industry is, is growing immensely. And, you know, what we what we want to do is continue to grow the film industry. But we don't want to have folks that are not uh, well versed as it relates to pre and post production filming yep. and the jobs that support this multi-billion dollar industry that has done you know amazing things for our for our state so one thing i wanted to say about labor is uh one of the proposals that is out there is that i don't remember the date i believe it's like through 2022 they want to have twenty nine thousand apprenticeships and it sounds like it goes with the german model i don't know if a lot of people are familiar with how it works so in germany you'll have kids in high school and they start working with these private companies and essentially instead of a school to prison pipeline they have a pipeline that takes kids from school to wonderful careers great it. livelihoods and Richard is a guy that understands that I've heard him speak before and he's touched on these issues so good shout out to Richard that's good mm -hmm. and I think you know people need to realize that uh, what we're more so touching on is the fact that the governor being elected and the lieutenant governor is not going to change the that's right the infrastructure of our state it's yep. these attorney generals secretaries of states labor commissioners public service commissioners that's right these individuals are the ones that are going to help us to move 
forward in a good direction. And before we, we even go any further, I just had to make sure for those of you that don't know, I wanted to make sure you knew some very important dates, which uh, the deadline to register to vote in the general election in the state of Georgia is Tuesday, October 9th. Advanced voting for general elections begins on Monday, October 15th, and our general election midterms. That's Tuesday, November 6th. So make sure those are on your calendar. If you want to learn more about your voting status, about election dates or polling locations, please go to www.mvp.sos.ga.gov. Again, that's www.mvp.sos.ga.gov. MVP stands for My Voter Page. SOS stands for Secretary of State. And you know the rest. That's right. So the state of uh, the Democratic Party here in the state of Georgia is the only party in the country that's created something called a voter protection hotline. So, I love it. So if you have any questions about, you know, your voter status registration or let's say you're having a problem, just like we've talked about all these people getting thrown off the voter rolls. You can give them a phone call at 888-730-5816. Good information. All right, let's move down the line. Uh, I want to skip over to something to PSC because you have some experience here. So tell everybody about that. With Public that. Service Commission. It sounds like one of those positions that people think is just service oriented, but they are generally the ones that are responsible for the utility regulation in the state of Georgia and determining the way in which we are going to get our energy. So, uh, you know, I ran for the Public Service Commission in 2000. And 14. Uh, this year we have two amazing candidates, Lindy Miller, who's a good friend, and Don Randolph, both amazing qualified women that believe that climate change actually exists. <laughs> yep. And they also believe that we could do a better job in addressing uh, the way that we generate power in the state. One thing I can say is one of the issues that has remained in the public and in the newspapers in the state of Georgia is the construction of Plant Vogel. Uh, for those that don't know, we are one of two, South Carolina recently pulling out. Uh, we're the only state in 30 years that is building new nuclear. And the project uh, is not only years behind schedule, but it's billions, billions. over budget. Uh, just to give you a quick history, uh, the project was approved, Plant Vogel, which is in Augusta, Georgia, uh, outside of Augusta, Georgia, in Waynesboro. But it was approved in 2009 as a part of what we called the nuclear renaissance and that was Democrats and Republicans. So we can't just pin it on one person. And basically, you know, folks knew from the beginning it was going to be very risky and very expensive. Secondly, though, Georgia Power hired almost every lobbyist in the state. So there was an army of lobbyists that were put on the front line. Now, I'm going to be honest, you know, I respect Georgia Power and Southern Company. They employ a lot of folks. You know, several of my friends uh, work good jobs for Georgia Power. They do a good job of helping the lights on and uh, before I go further, we want to let everybody know we're praying and thinking about uh, those affected by Hurricane Florence. Right. And Georgia Power is going to be sending folks across Georgia's borders into South Carolina and North Carolina and wherever folks need help. So while that is a great thing, uh, there was an army of lobbyists that uh, fought and uh, got the support of a lot of legislators on both sides of the aisle, in the House and in the Senate. And as a result, uh, we are now in an, in an unfortunate situation where uh, the ratepayers, uh, whether you have Georgia Power or you have an EMC, are on the hook, not the shareholders, right. but for every dime, penny, nickel, dollar that is spent or lost, it is on the backs 
of the ratepayers, not the shareholders. And lastly, just to kind of run this thing through, it was supposed to be completed in 2016 or early 2017 at a cost of 14 billion. It's currently 27 billion. Um, and that makes it one of the most expensive things ever built, not just in Georgia, but in the US. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on and that's an issue because if you're a senior citizen on a fixed income, you shouldn't have to choose between keeping your lights on or paying for your medication. If you're one of the 1.9 million people in Georgia living at or below the poverty line, your kids shouldn't have to be at the table wondering if they're gonna be able to keep the lights on or get a meal on. I mean, economic security is probably one of the most important aspects of life uh, in the United States and we have a huge income inequality gap and we need to be more prudent and more effective and efficient as it relates to our utilities and I hope that the candidates that are running this year recognize the people as much as they recognize the individuals that are providing the service. That's correct. With the uh, electricity rates here, there's always been the talk how we have really low rates here but that doesn't account for all the fees and when you build in the fees to our electricity we actually have some of the highest electricity rates in the entire country and if you're a georgia power customer you'll have a line item that'll say hey here's basically this fee you're paying is because the nuclear plant is over budget but if you're at like where we are with sony emc it's just built into the rate that we're paying so and i mean let's just be honest georgia has the third highest utility bills in the country i mean so we also, unfortunately, through the federal government, uh, cut what was called the Low Income Heat and Energy Assistance Program, which was energy assistance for folks. And as, as summers get hotter and winters get colder, Eric, uh, we've got to look out for the least of these, you know, That's the right. working families in Georgia. We can't forget about our brothers and sisters in rural Georgia. Uh, the Public Service Commission also deals with wireless broadband. That's right. So as we see rural hospitals closing and access to emergency services such as 911 and ambulance services. Um, there's this huge disparity on poor people having access to services and the Public Service Commission manages a lot of that. And also, just as a, a quick fact, those spam calls you get all the time. I know I get them, yeah. I try to block them and try to tell coming. them to stop calling, but uh, that's also an aspect that is regulated through the Public Service Commission. Well, going off of the PSC is the Insurance Commissioner and Denise Laws is running, and to give you an idea, as we all know, if you're in Metro Atlanta listening, we all sit in traffic and we see an immense amount of accidents and crazy driving all the time. We now have some of the highest car insurance rates in the country, and the people in office right now, they basically rubber stamp it. They just go, hey, oh, we want to increase the rates. Boom, there it goes. So, what can you tell us about Ms. Laws? Well, I mean, I know that insurance is critical to her she's not just a, a great speaker uh, but she's someone that believes that the insurance commission needs to look out for the best interest of the people um, I think that a lot of what I've heard for her um, deals specifically on advocating for affordable premiums and I think we all can admit that it should be more competitive you know when you think of car insurance premiums um, one of the things that she always talked about was you know, making sure that people could afford the premiums they had. I know that some folks get into accidents and 
different things happening and you need an advocate. The one thing that I can honestly say about all of our candidates, especially Miss Laws, is that they want to put people first. Right. And I think a lot of times we overlook it. We'll say, okay, well, hey, I, I know about the governor. I know about the mayor. I know, you know, that I'm going to get a labor commissioner because I want higher wages. I want better jobs. But, you know, all of us should have car insurance and it should be affordable and it should be competitive. And because you get into an accident or get a traffic violation, it should not put you in a position where you can you know, no longer afford to be a safe driver right. or a good citizen. So I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for her, she's doing a good job. Let's try and make sure we focus on that, that seat and we can do everything to be consumer advocates and get these premiums to where they're supposed to be. So we have two more statewide offices. So we have something that's really important because it's one of our largest industries in the state, and that's agriculture. agriculture. There you go. It's Fred Swan. So tell us about Fred. Well, I mean, one thing I can say about Fred is, is and I, I don't mean this in any negative way, he, he is not the guy that is going to come off as a rock star like we've seen in Stacey Abrams or Sarah Miko and how they're able to deliver themselves and just give these amazing speeches. But he knows his He's stuff, passionate. man. He's passionate. He knows his stuff. Agriculture, I mean, in the state of Georgia alone, the poultry industry is $748 billion. I mean, that is more you know, than, than some countries make in the world, right? right? So when you when you think about agriculture, you gotta think about the food we eat, you gotta think about the way in which farmers are taken care of. There are a lot of farmers in South Georgia and in rural Georgia that unfortunately don't have somebody fighting for them the way they should. 88% uh, I think of the beef in the United States comes from three states, you know? So we're gonna have a guy uh, that will not only advocate for farmers and for working families, but you know, let's be honest, these folks that need to have some options such as, you know, converting their farms to solar or, you know, allowing uh, agriculture to, you know, continue to be a base where their families can thrive and live off of and continue to provide good Georgians like us and our families and the schools uh, good farm to table food. Agriculture also touches on the environment. So Fred's a big advocate of saying, you know what, if you have your farm, if you have factory farms, you have to take care of the land. And one of the biggest problems that we have environmentally with runoff is from our farms throughout the state and we have polluted waters. So it's important to remember that the environment, you know, it plays a big part in the whole agriculture. And and I have to say this, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Tommy Irvin, who was the longest standing Democrat in the history of the US. I think he served for 53 or 56 years, some, some long number, but my good friend Chris Irvin uh, bought a lot of light and attention to this when he ran. Fred Swan is, is an amazing guy. He's gonna do great things for our state. And I can, you know, I think he, he, he wants agriculture to be a system that works for everyone. He wants our young people to know the importance of eating healthy and, and living healthy. And I think Fred will be a good guy to not just get the position, but I think he, he'll roll his sleeves up and get with the farmers and everybody around our state that desires for, form, for, for the state of Georgia to lead again in agriculture. All right, Georgia School Superintendent. Otha Thornton, good guy. Well, that says it all. I mean, I don't have to say anything else. I thought you were going to help me out no, and, and throw I'm... something in there. But I mean, you know, the, the, the school, let's be honest, education is critical to the infrastructure of any democracy, of any state. Uh, Otha is a guy that is high passion. He is endorsed by some great organizations around the state of Georgia. And the thing about it is, you know, we need 
to have what we spoke about earlier about workforce development that starts That's in right. schools. That's right. You know, uh, everything from, you know, having science, uh, technology, engineering and math and even the arts. Uh, we've got to do a better job of positioning our students for what's better. So, a couple, uh, well, real quick, a yeah, couple no. years ago, <laughs> Amendment 1. You remember yeah. Amendment 1, mm -hmm. our good friend Anita, That's right here in, in, in Forsyth County, fought against it. It was a school takeover bill that was being nope. pushed because they were trying to privatize our schools. We've seen what privatization has done to uh, the prison system. And I'm very happy that we have someone that wants to invest into our schools and invest into our teachers and invest into our communities rather than taking away, disrupting, and not allowing our students and our children to thrive. So when we look at rural Georgia and, you know, places like where we are, our kids are lucky. We go to schools here. They, they go to schools that have, you know, 20 30, 40 advanced placement classes, and you're some kid who's in Southeast Atlanta going to a public school, if you're a kid, South Georgia, rural spot, and there's one or two AP classes, like the kids, they don't have the ability to get ahead, and there has to be a way to you know, even out these disparities in our educational system, and we know he'll be on it. Well, he'll be on it, but I, you know, I really encourage everyone to take a look at his background. I mean, this guy's a veteran, He's someone that has served in multiple organizations. He gets it, you know, and the one thing that I can say about these candidates is, you know, obviously this is going to come off biased to the other <laughs> side, but, you know, we have a very qualified group of folks that have been invested in education and in their areas for a long time. And the thing that impresses me most about, most about Otha is that this is a guy that has taken time to look at what works for our kids, what works for our families. He even gave this example, I heard him speak recently over in Cleveland, Georgia, and he said that he held this meeting mm -hmm. uh, for parents, and he said that the school had somewhere around seven or 800 students and only seven parents showed up. And he said instead of getting upset, instead of being angry, he wanted to find out why. And yeah. he wanted to not only address offering a better opportunity for students and for their families and their parents, but he said he wanted to understand what he could do better to make sure whether it was because of work restrictions or parents, quite frankly, not being as interested in their kids' education, mm -hmm. whatever it is, we didn't want to, you know, uh, put people in a category without understanding. I think one thing Otha gets, and I, I'll leave it here, is that he is listening to understand and not to respond. He's a guy that's out here saying, you know what, I want to be a part of the solution, and I don't want to shove my ideas down your throat. I want to see what works for our kids, as diverse as they are, and in the counties from North Georgia to South Georgia, what can we do to let these kids know that they can be a as competitive as anybody else around the country. We got to get Georgia uh, out of the bottom of the barrel as it relates right. to education, and we got to take care of our teachers. You see what's going on in Oklahoma, you see what's going on around the country. Teachers are overworked and underappreciated, and they need someone that's elected to work on their behalf to make their classrooms safer and better. And as we see in closing these school shootings that are going on, we need a superintendent over our schools that can be a voice of reason as we start putting policies in place to help to protect our kids in their school environment. So these statewide candidates, I think that we probably see a little more of these individuals than the average person. And there's 159 counties in the state. These people are all over the place all the time. They are in every community. They are listening to everybody. 
they want to help bring solutions. That's it, right. It, it's a great slate of candidates. And what people need to understand is that Georgia is a big state. So I have three things for everybody out there. One, as Eric mentioned, 159 counties. That's a hell of a lot of ground to there cover. Is. So what I would encourage everyone to do is become an ambassador in your county. Uh, whether you have someone running for office in your county that's a, a good Democrat on the ballot, uh, get out and support them. If you don't have somebody on your ballot, like I, I spoke to some folks in Union County, Georgia the other day, they said they didn't have anyone on their ballot. So what I encouraged them to do was to phone bank for people around their county, like Josh McCall, whose congressional district touches theirs. I uh, told them to, to, to be willing to knock on doors and to motivate their base, right? So if you've got 6,000 or 2,000 or 20,000 people in your county, those votes are going to be what helps Sarah Amico That's and right. Stacey Abrams and Lindy Miller and our guy Charlie Bailey and That's all right. these good people to win. So the first thing is be motivated where you are, build up your 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 base, no matter how conservative it is or how independent it is, build it up. <laughs> the second thing is to be excited because I'm going to be honest with you. If you come with a sad face around me and I'm a new voter or I'm registered and inactive, and if I don't think you're excited, I'm not excited. So I would encourage everybody to add a smile to your canvassing uh, and be willing to listen. There are going to be some tough conversations when I ran for office in Forsyth County, Georgia, uh, there were some very uncomfortable conversations, <laughs> and I'm sure I didn't win over the hearts of most of the people that I spoke to, <laughs> but it was a task within itself. And then the last thing I would say to people is to encourage these young people. You know, you've got a lot of seniors in high school. This is going to be their first election. Motivate them. But here's the thing, guys. Listen to what the young people are saying. Uh, our issue might be voting rights. Their issue might be medical marijuana. That's right. Our issue might be human trafficking or increasing jobs or better pay or the income inequality gap. Their issue may be the opioid crisis. So we've got to do a better job of listening to their issues and, and, tr and being pipelines between our counties and the candidates that want to run to serve us. That's right. I want to circle back for a second to things that people can do. Yeah. There are a lot of people where they're like, I don't really want to talk. I don't want to go to somebody's door. I don't want to make phone calls. What a lot of campaigns do, they do postcard letter writing campaigns. So they will have essentially like a party where they get together and they are handwriting cards to targeted voters. So remember, a lot of the campaigns do that. So if you don't want to talk to somebody, you can still completely participate. I, I think Bernie Sanders and Barack Obama in their campaigns in 2008, 2012, and respectfully 2016 with Bernie, they did a great job of encouraging their, their, their volunteers to do that. As a matter yep. of fact, when I was Bernie Sanders' political director in the state of Georgia, uh, we had these things called burn storms, where we would encourage people to bring wine and cheese and to host a <laughs> canvassing party from their house. And, you know, make it easy. You know, invite, you know, if, if you're a woman out there excited about the women on our ballot, and, and have, a, have a girls' night where you, yep. where you have a glass of wine and you have some hors d'oeuvres and maybe, you know, just some, some nice little things to have conversations about. And, and why don't you make some calls while you're there with some people you're comfortable with? Because I can tell you right now, uh, when I was a candidate, the hardest thing to do was to call people on the phone and ask them for money, right? Yeah. But the one way I got over that was I had to call the people that I knew, that I knew would help and support me first. Yeah. So one way to break the ice if you're not comfortable with canvassing or phone banking is to invite people around you that you know think like you that'll be willing to back you up. That's good advice. Man, we've covered the slate statewide for Georgia. And we know about we know about the governor's office mm -hmm. and we know about the lieutenant governor's office. We intentionally wanted to make sure we covered down the ballot because like Eric said, 
We're excited about Stacey Abrams. I mean, I, I I love her. I'm rooting for her. We're excited about about Sarah Miko. She came on the show. She is a rock star. She is. I feel like we have two governors running, man. I mean, we have two supremely qualified women running for office. And when Stacey's elected, she's gonna have a great support in Sarah Miko. And our our goal is, you know, while you guys vote at the top, go all the way down. That's right. Go all the way down. I mean, you're going to have governor, lieutenant governor, and all these seats we talked about. But ladies and gentlemen, even in your local areas, please make sure you look at your sit, your, your corner in, in your county. You know, look at yeah. the, the judges. I mean, we, we see a lot of folks that are having conversations. We'll talk about Black Lives Matter and justice in, in different areas on a show down the line. But, you know, if you want to change your court system, you got to look at your judges. You got to look at the elected right. positions and the county clerks and all these positions that we think are not important. I mean, hell, if there's a doll catcher on the ballot, you need to vote. For <laughs> That's the, right. Vote, vote in every election. We encourage you to go all the way down the ballot. So the takeaway is that elections and voting really does matter. It matters, man. It I mean, matters. it's. You know, and, and, I, and I'll be honest to you, I'm going to push back on our elected friends and our, our leadership. Uh, and that is that voting and, and, and being excited about voting has to be in and out of an election season. Whether we're going into an inner city community or we're going into rural Georgia, we've got to not just come around when we want their vote. We've got to come around when they can't get their kid in the clinic. That's right. We got to come around when they're, you know, having to sell everything. I read a story about a young lady whose uh, husband, who was the the, the primary uh, source of income in their household, he got cancer, lost his job. They had to sell everything to make sure they can maintain the me the the, the, uh, the medicine and the bills, and they fell on hard times, and they pretty much lost everything. And uh, we've got to start thinking that you know what, this doesn't just happen in early voting. It doesn't just happen right. when people are going out there running for president. People are struggling and suffering and hurting every day, and we've got to speak to kids. When I was growing up, I shared this when I spoke to Fort Middle School, uh, when I was growing up, teen pregnancy was the big issue, right? Yeah. Folks that I knew in school getting pregnant at an early age, now it's anxiety, depression, and suicide. Yep. So we've got to address the fact that we have a group of folks that some are gonna vote for us, some of them are not, and some people don't care. But we've got to remember that these are real people. They're real families. They're real stories and real lives, and they have to matter to us. What I like the most this election, and I think we can be honest, a lot of times we're like, hey, we're voting for that person because they're on our team, even though they're like, they suck, and they really don't <laughs> stand for anything. We've got people top to bottom of the state they're not running against somebody or against a party. They're running because they have ideas. They believe in stuff. That's, That's right. the best takeaway from the Democratic slate this time. They believe in issues and they want to help solve problems. They want to help solve problems and they're going to solve problems. And if you are a registered inactive voter, I want you, please go to www.m vp.sos.ga.gov. Don't assume that you're on the voter ballot. We don't want any shenanigans. We don't want a, a Florida 2000. Yeah. We don't want that to happen. We want to make this right and to work for everybody. Your vote matters. If you're registered, if you're not registered, if you've never voted, please get out there. Again, the voting dates, the deadline to vote in the general election is Tuesday, October 9th. Advanced voting for general election begins on Monday, October 15th, and the general election, friends, is Tuesday, November 6th. 
get out there and vote. Let's make a difference. Let's stop just saying it's going to be a blue wave and let's go out there and do our part in our democracy and let's change the, the trajectory that our society is going in. I'm excited about it. I'm excited Blue Topsy can be here to be a source for you. Eric, close us out on how they can follow us, how they can subscribe, how they can support us. We need your support, guys. Make sure you're listening. Make sure you're sharing it with your friends. Eric, take so, us home. This is what you need to do. We're at Blue Topsy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We ask you to like us, share our page, share all our social media. When we have new episodes, let all your friends know about it. Share those posts. As we told you at the beginning, we want to hear feedback, ideas, good or bad. Hit us up. Blue Topsy is literally an autopsy of the Democratic Party of Georgia. We cover everything from local to national politics. Eric Cohen, my co-host, and myself, Daniel Blackman. Our focus is to not divide, but to be a bridge, to make people or allow people understand the importance of democratic politics. That's Blue Topsy, B-L-U-E-T-O-P-S-Y. We're dissecting, but we're putting everything back together. We're signing out from Sound Lab Studio. Shout out to our best engineer in the world, Daniel. Two Daniels in the studio at the same time, man. That's, that's dangerous. But see, we got Studio Daniels. Studio Daniels. That's, that's Daniel. how we differentiate. There we go. Cool. There we go. Let's go. See you guys next week.